Our prophet, President Nelson, has said the gathering of Israel is the greatest challenge, the greatest cause, and the greatest work on earth today. Stake leaders taught a one-hour introduction to the wards, explaining how we can love, share, and invite our friends and neighbors over social media. In this recording, you'll hear Tyson Weaver of the Stake High Council, Laura Thompson of the Stake Relief Society Presidency, Courtney Harrison, our Stake Communications Director, Brooke Reynolds, the Stake Media Director, Bode Swanson of the Newport Beach Mission Presidency, and our Stake President, Blaine Evanson. But uh, we're going to talk to you today about um, social media intertwined with missionary work. And um, we have our social media team here. We have uh, President Swanson here for the mission presidency. And we have President Evanson that's going to kind of end it um, towards the end of this meeting. But uh, I want to talk to you uh, first off what our, um, I'm Tyson Weaver, just to let you know, from our, our prophet. Our prophet has said that this, this uh, time, missionary work, it's 2018, missionary work is the greatest thing that we could be doing of gathering Israel. So he's, uh, he's put that emphasis on us to, to do missionary work and to find ways that we can bring light to our, uh, to our brothers and sisters. And then also in this, uh, this statement here, he was talking to mission presidents at a meeting and he basically was saying in this quote that if we can get the enthusiasm of our members this equal to our full-time missionary work, miracles can happen. So if we can have the energy and the enthusiasm, we'll see great things in our community. And I just want to share something from Alma chapter 19. Um, this is uh, Ammon talking about King Lamoni. And he's talking about this light. And President Evanson is going to talk more about light later. But he talks about this light. In verse 19, sorry, in chapter 19, verse 6, light is brought up six times. And this is what Ammon says. Ammon says, um, now this was what Ammon desired, for he knew that King Lamoni was under the power of God. He knew that the dark veil of unbelief was being cast away from his mind, and the light which did light up his mind, which was the light of the glory of God, which was a marvelous light of his goodness, yea, this light had infused such a joy into his soul, the cloud, the cloud of darkness having been dispelled, and the light of everlasting life was lit up in his soul. So if we think about that, that we as members of the church can bring light to our non-member friends by using social media, and it can be infused to bring joy. So everybody loves to feel joy, right? So hopefully today we'll learn new ways that we can bring the light that we have in the gospel to our friends and have joy. Now I'm going to turn the time over to Sister Laura Thompson. If you are anything like me, you might have some uh, reactions sometimes when you hear certain words or phrases. And I know for me, missionary work has been a phrase that has been a little challenging at times. I'm not the best missionary. I don't know the right thing to say. I'm always worried about saying the wrong thing. And so I have loved this new initiative or re-emphasis by the church, which is love, share, and invite. When we feel our Heavenly Father's love for us, when we feel the Savior's love for us, we want to share it. That just naturally happens. 
Uh, Sherry Dew has said, when we turn our hearts over to the Lord, we instinctively open our hearts to others. And I think that's true. I know I've seen that. I grew up in this amazing ward. I know I've seen it here for decades. It's incredible when you feel that love and how that naturally becomes something you want to share. And with share, um, when I was in the singles ward, Bishop Lark had just this great kind of concept. He said, how often are we asked, how was your weekend? What did you do? And we kind of will gloss over the church things. We don't want to be offensive if we're at work. We want to make sure that we're being appropriate. But um, he said, That's, our job is to proclaim. He called them proclaimisms. He said, it is our job to proclaim. The Holy Ghost is what converts, but we proclaim. So if somebody asks you how your weekend was, go ahead and say, you went to an awesome meeting. You heard a great talk. You read a great scripture. It's okay to do those things. And I loved that. And then with invite, that's the natural extension of all of these. When we have these great activities, when we have great programs, invite people. That's the natural extension of that. Um, I've been playing pickleball for about a year now, and a few months ago, someone came that was a friend of a friend of ours from, or a friend of a friend of mine from the gym. And when she came, I looked at her and I was like, I, I think I know you. And as we realized where we knew each other from, it was someone, my mom, who's at the back, visit taught 30 years ago in this ward and was a golfing buddy with. And she'd met people at the gym who I play pickleball with, and she came to pickleball. And then a couple weeks ago, we were playing with her, and she said, you know that family history stuff you, know, you Mormons are all into? I want to get more into that. So I thought, what a perfect opportunity next time we have a family history activity to invite her to it. I think it's awesome. So... So often we have kind of this laundry list thing of, you know, this list of things to do that can get overwhelming, it can get daunting. And what I love about this love, share, and invite is I feel like it takes that pressure off. It's, it's more just intrinsically, who are we? The, the church and the gospel is woven into the fabric of our lives, and this is just a natural, normal way of sharing it within our daily lives and the ways in which we already live. And Courtney's going to talk a little bit about uh, social media and how social media can have an impact and the power of social media and the reach that that has in our lives. So this quote is by Elder Bednar, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. The Lord is hastening his work, and it is no coincidence that, no coincidence that these powerful communication innovations and inventions are occurring in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Social media channels are global tools that can personally and positively impact large numbers of individuals and families. He goes on to say, I believe the time has come for us as disciples of Christ to use these inspired tools appropriately and more effectively to testify of God the Eternal Father, his plan of happiness for his children, and his son Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world, to proclaim the reality of the restoration of the gospel in the latter days and to accomplish the Lord's work. That's pretty strong. And, you know, we all have different ideas about social media. Some love it, some hate it, some are kind of in between. But the, the social media is an inspired tool, and it can be used for good. We look at the way that the church has kind of gotten creative in the past 10 years, whether through social media or different marketing things. I remember being in Times Square in New York City and seeing a huge picture on a billboard of Christ and seeing our church's logo, which is pretty cool. They're advertising in the underground in London. We see vending machines in um, shopping malls all across the country where you can purchase 
items that will go to people in need all across the world. We see playbills um, for Broadway shows in New York City where they advertise about the Book of Mormon. These are ways that the church is kind of using non-fundamental ways to get the word out there about this church and, and to be able to share that light of Christ. Through social media specifically, the church has produced a lot of great content. And I'm just giving an example. So um, in some of the videos that they produce, in 2014, there was an Easter video because of him that averaged uh, 598,000 views per day. Later on in that year, there was a Christmas video that had 930,000 views per day. The following Easter, uh, 3.2 million views per day. So you can see how the views go up. Think about how many views we can get now on these videos. You also can see, because he lives in particular, all the different languages that it was seen in with a total of nearly 30 million views. It's pretty amazing the reach that this can have. Now, I want to talk specifically about the Give Thanks challenge that our prophet gave out. President Nelson put out a video where he said, working together we can flood media with a wave of gratitude that reaches the four corners of the earth. He went on and challenged that for seven days, church members and friends around the world would focus on the good, post things that they're grateful for. Now, a little background about this story. This is something that President Nelson, he said he awoke in the middle of the night with this idea and felt that this was a big need. This was in November when there was so much chaos going on in the world and a lot of negativity. He, this was inspired, and he knew that it needed to be done. He met with church leaders who were in the communications team, and they d discussed different options. And then they left, and he came back, and he said, look, I've thought about it, and this isn't going to be something that's just for church members. This is going to be something that I want to have a global reach. I want everyone to hear this message. He told them it would be released on a Friday, and this is what he was going to say. And Sister Sherry Dew, who was helping with some of those communication meetings, said, any expert would tell you that we would not have released it on a Friday. We wouldn't have had it be as long as it was, but they did it because that's what President Nelson wanted. She went on to say that that video's reach through social media dwarfed anything the church had ever released, especially to those not of our faith. Never before had so many people heard a prophet's voice. That Give Thanks hashtag was trending on social media with 3.4 million posts on Instagram and nearly 900,000 people posted on Facebook. In our stake alone, we had several people who participated. Here's some examples of people posting about how they were thankful for their families, their wives, their children, different hobbies that they have, or the place that they get to live. And this was a wonderful thing that President Nelson was inspired to do, where there was this feeling of gratitude and love, and people all over the world were able to feel Christ's love. Now, like I said before, I know that some people love social media, some people don't love social media, but these are just some ideas, I'm not an expert, but some ideas of ways that you could hopefully make social media maybe a more positive influence in your life. The first thing is to clean up your feed. As you go through your feed, unfollow accounts that don't make you happy. If there's something that is kind of making you compare yourself with others or that just doesn't make you feel good, unfollow them. It's as easy as that. The next is to follow uplifting accounts. We have a lot of awesome content that is specific to our stake, and Brooke's going to go over that later, but you can follow our stake Instagram, our Facebook, and hear stories about local people in our stake. 
um, and things that are going on, firesides that are happening. All of the apostles have their own individual accounts where they post personal stories, quotes, the church has awesome content, or just positive things. That, those are great things that we can follow. The next is to share inspiring content, and we're also going to talk about that a little bit later, but we all have enough negativity on our feeds. Having a little bit of, of positive, uplifting, Christ-centered content would be wonderful. The next thing is to leave kind comments. Sometimes we get so focused on who's commenting on our posts and how many likes we are getting that we forget to like and comment on other people's. This is um, an example. Brooke was on the Aliso Viejo City page, and she was on one of the forms, and she saw that there was someone um, not of our faith who had posted that his father had just passed away and he was really struggling and this was so hard and a member of our stake didn't know him wrote a really kind heartfelt comment saying look i lost my father too at a young age and it was really hard and some of the ways that i was able to get through it one of the ways was to be able to rely on my savior and to fill his love and that's a perfect example of ways that we can share Christ's love through just leaving a kind, thoughtful comment or commenting on a friend that we haven't seen for a while and letting and being able to share God's love um, in sharing comments. The next thing, number five, is to limit your time on social media. Um, the time that we spend with our loved ones is definitely more important, I think, um, but uh, Although it can be positive, we can set timers on our phone, and you can decide what that what works for you, whether it's five minutes or an hour each day or more, but you can actually set a timer on your device that will alert you when you've used that much time to help you. Number six is to stop lurking and engage, and we're also going to talk about this later, but it helps when you're engaging and liking, and that also um, helps your feed to know what you like. Um, researchers have found that people who comment and connect with friends are happier on social media than people who just scroll without commenting. That's something to think about. And the last thing I would just like to add is sharing the gospel. I know that there's been times personally where I've been praying for an answer or struggling with something with one of my kids, and I'll see something that a friend posts that's whether it's a church quote or just someone is having the same challenge as I am, that's really something that I needed to I needed to read or that I needed to see, or I'll have a really thoughtful comment or message that really touches me. And I know that by being able to reach out and share the gospel, that we really do have the potential to share our testimonies and to share the light of Christ to others. And so I'm now going to turn the time over to Brooke Reynolds. So why do we have local stake media pages? I get asked this um, a lot. The church creates great content, so why do we need to do anything on our end? And we have a threefold mission, and it's been given to us by the church. It's not one that we've made up ourselves. First is to have an outward focus. So we try to reach out to the public, build relationships with interfaith and civic leaders. Sometimes the best way in is through social media. Second is an inward focus, and that's to connect our wards and the people of our stake together. And third is kind of a new one for us, and that's a mission focus. And that's to support local missionary efforts and to also provide material that you feel comfortable sharing on your own personal pages. So I'm just going to do a quick run through of the channels that we have for our stake. And we don't expect you to follow everyone. Um, you can kind of decide how you use social media and what platforms are easiest for you, and just follow those ones. 
First, we have a stake website. So even if you're not on any social media platforms, you can still find out what's going on in the stake, stake events, um, highlights from our Instagram pages and some of our more personal posts we'll also put on the stake website. They also have the Newport Beach Temple schedule and an easy link um, so you can make reservations. Two other things I want to point out. One is that there's always a current list of the missionaries serving from our stake. And if you click on their picture, it'll show you their email as well. So if you have a Sunday afternoon and you're looking for something to do, uh, you can really make the day of those missionaries by sending a quick email. We also have the Living Faith Discussion Series, which has been a really amazing series of church history topics that have been discussed that go in, coincide with the Come Follow Me lessons this year. And these are like high caliber, amazing BYU professors, historians, um, people from the church history department. It's the same kind of people you'd see if you went to Education Week. Um, some of them have been online. We're now trying to have them in person. And you can find the schedule up there on the website. We have a stake Instagram account. We used to be known as LN Stake because um, it's short and easy to remember. But the problem we were having is that people started thinking that was the name of our church and would say, you know, thank you, LN Stake, for coming and volunteering. And then the rest of the community has no idea that that means the Church of Jesus Christ. So we are now Church of Jesus Christ Laguna, um, and that's what we're trying to be known as. And hopefully that makes it a more, you know, concrete connection to the church at large. You can find weekly Come Follow Me posts, uh, personal experiences from members of the stake, recaps of firesides and stake events. And whenever our missionaries come home from their mission, we ask them for, for one really amazing story from their mission, and we share it there. We're trying to show who we are and what we're about. We have a stake Facebook page as well. So if you're not on Instagram, but Facebook is more your speed, you can find us there as well. We have personal stories, uh, stake events, like I said, service projects. And our main focus on the Facebook page is now going to be things that you can share with your friends. So that might be things that the church is producing. It might be things that we're producing locally. Third hour is our private Facebook discussion group. And that's something that we created, I think it's been about a year and a half now. And only members of the stake can join this group, um, or family members. They have to have some connection to the stake. And because it's a private group, we can talk about things, and you can comment. You don't have to worry that you know your comment's going to be seen by your third grade teacher or your high school friends that are on Facebook. So it all stays within the group. Uh, every week, we have a different person from the stake who takes a turn hosting. I know many of you have done it for me. And you just post throughout the week comments about come follow me you know, four or five posts. And then our hope is that people in the stake will interact and comment back. I can see how many people see every one of those posts. And, you know, I'll see a post that has 300 people saw that post, and it will have, you know, five comments and two likes. So maybe if you are spending some time on third hour, maybe comment if you can. We have a great youth Instagram. And so if you have teenagers at home, and if they're on social media, this would be the first thing I would have them follow. It has great testimonies from kids that they know um, and really interesting things. And it kind of helps you get to know the youth as well. If your kids aren't on social media, I totally understand that too. My own kids aren't. And so sometimes if I see a post that I know they're going to want to see, I will just screenshot it on my phone and, and email or text it to them. We have a Twitter account. So we're Church of Jesus Christ Laguna. 
and you can see recaps of recent talks by church leaders, highlights from church news, and some local content as well. We're just kind of starting to tweet, so bear with us. Uh, the one I'm most excited about is this community-facing page, which is called Good News Laguna. And we just have started this in the last few months. And I was inspired to start this page because I was watching these community pages as part of my calling. And I would see these moments of just acts of kindness. You know, someone who had a need, and then all of these wonderful people would step in and help. And I thought it would be great to have an Instagram account that was just all of this in one place. Good things happening locally. And so here it is, Good News Laguna. We're always looking for content for this, and so it's hard to kind of be aware of what's going on in six different cities at once. So if you think, see things happening in your neighborhood, in your schools, um, in your community, just let us know. There's an email address on the website. We have a YouTube channel, and that's a way for us just to get videos out easy. Um, we have original videos that we create, like for the Newport Beach 15th anniversary. We had um, a great YSA service project recently. There was a great video from that. We've had some great content about senior missions to coincide with the fireside we had a few months ago. The Living Faith Discussion Series, if you happen to miss any of them, they're always up on the YouTube page, usually the next day. And you can also see youth videos. And I found, particularly during COVID, when we weren't meeting together, it really just, um, the first week that we were home, I don't know if you remember this, we couldn't go to church that Sunday, and we had a message on the YouTube channel from your stake president and from your bishop. So for me to be in my living room, you know, feeling a little uncertain, it certainly made a difference to be able to see their faces. We also have a stake podcast. Sometimes it's easier to just listen to something in the car as you're running, doing errands. And so all those living faith discussions and some of our stake firesides are on there as well. And you can listen to it anywhere you already listen to podcasts, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. We have a local Just Serve account. If you don't know what Just Serve is, it's something the church started several years ago, connecting local charities with local volunteers. So it's a great way to find out what's going on service-wise. If you're looking for a service project, if you have teenagers and you want to get them involved, if you um, are looking for some sort of community drive, we're usually collecting something, whether it, we're sewing blankets for babies in Peru or we're collecting soccer cleats and bringing them to Mexico, there's always something going on. We also have a YSA Instagram account, so that's for the young single adults. If you have college-age kids, this is the one you want them to follow. And you may think, well, they're up at school and they're not here very often, but still have them follow this account because there's stuff going on when they're home for Christmas, there's stuff going on when they're here for the summer, and sometimes they have get-togethers up in Utah as well. So how to follow our stake pages. I know I just gave a lot of information and you're probably overwhelmed, but I passed out a little card when you first walked in and it has a little... Um, code on there, and if you just scan that with your phone, it'll take you straight to our website, and it'll have all those channels listed. So if any of our channels change, it'll still be there. And did anyone not get one? Courtney's going to pass out. So just keep your hand raised for her. Thank you. Um, one thing I also want to mention is that the way the algorithms work, especially for Facebook and for Instagram, is that if you interact with the content, if you like, if you comment, if you share posts, then they want to give you more of that kind of content. So you have to kind of interact with the content if that's what you want to see in your feed. So I just want to talk quickly about the power of sharing a post. 
And this is a story that has just touched my heart of this boy named Aaron. He's 18 years old. He was born with cerebral palsy. And he and his dad liked to go down to Doheny and sit on the rocks and watch the sunset. And Aaron was there a couple weeks ago, and he was sitting on the rocks talking to his dad. And he was saying, man, I really want to learn how to surf. It's been on my bucket list for years. How am I going to make this happen? And his dad was saying, you know, I don't know, buddy. I know we've tried before. You couldn't get up. He has some physical limitations. Um, and they were just kind of talking this through. And a woman named Veronica, who happened to be camping at Doheny on vacation, happens to ride by on her bike and overhear this conversation. And instead of just riding by, which is probably what I would have done, <laughs> she stops and says, you want to learn how to surf? Uh, I can maybe teach you. I just learned myself a couple years ago, and I'd be willing to try. Do you want to come meet me this Thursday at 2 p.m.? And so Aaron said, sure, yeah. So Aaron went home, and Veronica went to work, and she started posting. I saw her posts in the Dana Point community group and started saying, hey, I just met this boy. I'm going to help him learn how to surf. Can anyone help me? And so all these comments start coming in, and there's someone who's a surf instructor, and they say, I'll come early, and I'll give him a little lesson before he gets in the water. And a bunch of guys who surf say, we'll come with our boards, and we'll kind of go out with him and kind of form you know, a kind of protective circle around him while he surfs. And a bunch of other people say, you know, I don't surf, but I'll kick in $10 to maybe buy him a wetsuit. He probably needs a wetsuit. And so pretty soon, all of these people are mobilizing. And when Aaron comes on Thursday at 2 p.m. at Doheny, expecting just to see Veronica, he sees this army of people. He sees a whole crowd of people with signs. Way to go, Aaron. You can do it. He sees a whole group of surfers who are going to go out in the water with him. He gets a lesson before he goes. And even the fire trucks show up. And they roll out on the jetty. And every time Aaron gets up, and he gets up a lot that day, they send the sirens off. So all of Doheny is just a buzz with this. And it's all because of this one woman making this connection, just deciding to, to talk instead of ride on by. So this is a great story. It's exactly the kind of story we want on Good News Laguna. I was thrilled to find it. And I posted it on our Instagram account, and it got 58 likes and four comments. And that's, that's not bad. That's a pretty new account. I was feeling OK about that. But I posted the same exact story in Facebook. And Facebook, it got 554 likes and 70 comments. And so what is the difference? It's the exact same story. I put it on two platforms. And I've realized it's because Facebook is all about sharing. And people just share things more easily on Facebook. And so it turned out that 111 people shared that post. And it wasn't people within our stake. It was people across all different cities and different demographics. They just were touched by the story and thought, I'm going to put this out in the world. I'm going to share the goodness. So because of that, that little story reached over 26,000 people, and it's still climbing. So there is power in sharing something. It's great to know something wonderful has happened. It's great to read it yourself. It's another thing to share it with a whole new audience. Elder Ringwood said, be normal, be natural, be you. The gospel is woven into the very fabric of your life. And I see people across the stake doing this all the time. They're sharing little bits and pieces of things that are going on in their life and in their church life as well. I love these first two pictures up here are from Trek. So Trek happened this summer. A lot of our youth went. 
and I saw a lot of people posting. And some people, it was a picture of you know Johnny in the parking lot in his pioneer clothes, and it said, Johnny's going to Trek. And that's great. But a lot of people don't know what Trek is, don't know why you're wearing pioneer clothes, don't understand what, what is happening. And so I loved, these two are from Jen Packer, and Jen's husband, Joe, was on Trek. And so he was sending her pictures of everything that was going on. And she was sharing them in her stories all throughout that week. And she didn't just share the pictures, she talked about her own pioneer ancestry. She talked about how she built her own testimony of the pioneers when she was about their same age. She talked about what the things they've done to help their kids love this part of church history and to have their own testimonies. And so all of these people, I was just talking to her the other day and she was saying so many comments you know, came from members or non-member friends you know, wanting to know more about this. How did you do this? How did you get kids to do this? It's amazing. And, and that would have never happened if she hadn't posted. I love this picture of the girls in the yellow dress. They just happened to be matching at church that day. And so someone just took a picture and said, you know, twinning at church today. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be, you know, your most heartfelt testimony every day on social media. It can just be normal and natural and a part of your life. I love when people post when they go to the temple. I love when they highlight a great quote from one of our church leaders. So here are five things that you can do right now. One is to follow our stake accounts if you don't already and interact with them. Remember that that's how those algorithms work. Two is to share your own personal experiences on your pages. And like I said, it doesn't have to be all the time. It doesn't have to be super deep. Just make it a part of your life. Third is to follow community pages. I am really impressed by the magic I see happening in the community when I'm following those pages. And comment, share, make yourself a force on those pages. Fourth is to share the things that speak to you on your own personal page. Everyone's gonna get touched by different stories. So if you see something on the church's account, if you see something on our local stake account, just share that. You can put it in a story, it disappears in 24 hours. The last is to be authentic. The gospel is woven into your life. Just let it be woven into your social media as well. And now I'm turning the time over to Bode Swanson. So maybe just to add a touch of context um, to what we're talking about. It seems really high. Yeah, thanks, Laura. Um, I want to share a scripture in, in, uh, in Helaman, which I stumbled upon recently. Um, so early in Helaman, we're, we're just getting through in the Book of Mormon the, the, the part where the Nephites and the Lamanites had been through years and years of wars. And the land had been decimated, so much so that uh, Mormon mentions that the timber had been uh, decimated in the land and Hagoth and others had moved northward uh, to a better, find a better way of life. Apparently there is a lack of timber there as well. So what, what Mormon says is they had started, to, for the lack of timber, they had started to build houses of cement. So this new technology, which is kind of like perhaps what we went through during the pandemic, at least what the mission went through during the, pand the pandemic. The brethren started asking the mission to start utilizing Facebook to do missionary work. So these poor missionaries went from knocking doors and tracting all day long, which I make it sound so great, it's still hard, right? But now they're all in their houses all day long, every day doing social media. So this is cement. 
They're learning to, to, to build homes or operate in a new way. So now we're coming out of the pandemic. And what we recently discovered in the mission, so you know, I mean, my calling is to work with the mission. So I have, happen to have some insight into what's going on. So recently we're in a mission with, uh, meeting with the missionaries and we discovered that since coming out of the pandemic, our numbers have gone down. Finding new friends, lessons taught, baptisms, etc. And so we started asking ourselves tough questions. Why do we think the numbers are going down? Well, we kind of felt like the reason was everything that we learned during the pandemic about how to do missionary work and all the success that came, huge success came during the pandemic across the world as it relates to baptisms because missionaries probably had a much greater reach on social media than they would have in the traditional means of knocking doors. So we're coming out of the pandemic and the missionaries are going back to the old way of doing things. They've forgotten how to work with cement. So the scripture goes on. Um, I'll just read verse 9. And the people who were in the land northward did dwell in tents and in houses of cement, and they did suffer themselves, or they did suffer whatsoever tree should spring up upon the face of the land, that it should grow up, that in time they might have timber to build their houses, yea, their cities and their temples and their synagogues and their sanctuaries and all manner of buildings. And thus they did enable the people in the land northward that they might build many cities, both of wood and cement. So what the mission is realizing and what we hope the church starts to realize is that the old way that we did missionary work is good. That's timber. And we should keep building our houses in timber. But there's also this new way, which is cement. And we should learn how to build in cement and build in both timber and cement. So that's kind of the context I think that the brethren are trying to capture uh, this new vision of missionary work. Not new vision, but this evolving vision of missionary work uh, for the church. So I happen to be, along this point, I happen to be in a meeting recently uh, where our, um, our, until recently, Kevin Pearson, Elder Kevin Pearson was uh, our area president. He's still in the first corner of the presidency, but he has a new assignment. And this is what he said. He said, the brethren have said social media will be an ongoing part of missionary work and the way things will be done for the rest of your lifetime and beyond. Think about that. So this just isn't a thing that we're doing in the pandemic. It's not just something we're doing right now in 2021 until you know, we come up with a new thing. This is how we're doing it now through the end of our collective lives and beyond. That to me is like soul stirring to think about that quote. And then he says, the technology was brought forward at this time to move forward the gathering of Israel. We don't think about that, but think about it for a second. The internet, Elder Pearson is saying, and I'm sure that he's, you know, this is coming from President Nelson uh, and others uh, in the, in the, of the brethren. The technology of the internet and social media, its purpose is to gather Israel. That's it. And if that's the case, if we all have covenanted to proclaim the gospel and share light and share our knowledge of Jesus Christ, doesn't it stand to reason that this is the means through which the Lord would have us do it? So just to give you a little update on what the mission's doing. So the mission a year ago, as I mentioned, started this down this path of doing missionary work through Facebook and other uh, platforms. And we didn't do that great. 
to be honest. We, we, we kind of floundered. So recently the mission president asked me and some missionaries to do a research project. And so we called 10 to 15 other missions throughout the, the U.S. and uh, internationally and just to figure out who was doing what well. And so we've come back and we've started to apply some of those things. Well, our Area 70, uh, Elder Mark Mortensen, recognizing all of the good that's happening in Laguna Niguel and that we've kind of captured something magic that really no other stake has in the area. And frankly, I've been told that no one in the country has really figured out on the stake level how to do missionary work through social media. So anyway, our Area 70 recognizes this and he says, let's do a pilot. Let's combine what the mission's trying to do and what the stake is already doing really well into one effort. So that's what we're doing. The, the stake, we, we're, we're, we're utilizing expertise that exists within the stake, Tara Helgeson, Tanner Ham, Scott Eppringham, and some others who really know this world, they're professionals. And we're creating ads. Uh, and here's a, here's a couple of the ads. The, this first one on the left, I always forget, um, is ch uh, church tours. We are, surprisingly, we're, we're running ads so that the mission has a budget. Every mission in the country has a budget of between three dollars and $5,000. And that ad budget, we've turned over for, to the stake. So the stake is running ads promoting church tours. And I would think, church tours, who's going to sign up for a church tour? It's working. People are coming all the time into all three of our buildings and getting tours from the missionaries where they're teaching the doctrine of the church through you know, the primary room is where we talk about families and the sacrament table and et cetera. Um, so that has done very well. Uh, the one in the middle, if you see these women with their arms around each other's backs, the stake has started running ads promoting Relief Society and the events that, that Relief Society is doing and inviting women, saying this is the, the largest and oldest Christian women's organization in the world, and inviting women to come join with the, the church in these events. And those are getting really good responses. There are two responses within the, within the last 48 hours or so where women have said, in response to this ad on Facebook, hey, I need this. I want this in my life. I want to join your church from Facebook ads. The third one is a family history ad that um, surprisingly hasn't done as well as we thought, but that's all part of the process. We need to tweak and we'll figure, it, figure out other ways to do it, but there's other funnels that we can promote through the church like self-reliance and just serve, young men's, young women's, and all the great things that are happening and teaching our youth on how to grow up to be a, a good citizen in the world and promote to society or contribute to society. So that's, um, so that's what's happening. Uh, with the mission and the stake, and I'll just tell you really briefly, uh, we're also, we continue to gather information. We learned from President Davis's mission that their missionaries have been posting copies of the Book of Mormon on Facebook Marketplace, and they've had 11 baptisms from just posting a copy of the Book of Mormon held by a sister or an elder, just saying, hey, free Book of Mormon, 11 baptisms. We tried that uh, Thursday, We've already had two responses, one church tour from it, and someone wants to take the missionary discussions. I was just talking to Bishop Sedgwick about it. She's in your ward. She, he, Carlos, resides within your ward boundaries. So it's exciting. So this, I don't feel like we've hit the tipping point yet, but there's real momentum. There's genuine momentum. 
So I'm not just saying this like this is another church program. It's not. This is, this is real, what's happening. So let me just tell you in a couple minutes an experience I had personally with overcoming my fear and, and uh, sharing so, um, on social media. So, so when the pandemic started, the missionaries Zoomed in with my family. They asked to Zoom in with my family. Uh, and we went through the typical stuff. And they did something different, though. Typically, the missionaries will come into to our homes and say, who do you know that we can teach? Who do you know that you can give a copy of the Book of Mormon to? And it's always like, oh, you know, we'll pray about it, we'll think about it, and then we hide because we don't have anybody and we're ashamed, right? Does that resonate? Well, <clears throat> they tried something different. They said, who do you know that you can share the light of Christ with within your sphere of influence? That's a little different. They didn't tell us what to do. They asked us, what is, think of a way you can share the light of Christ, your light of Christ. So it forced me to have kind of this personal conversation with Spirit, and same with the rest of my family. And I'll give you a couple examples. My wife, we were in a new neighborhood, said that she'd start to walk the neighborhood and meet some neighbors. Well, as a result of that, we had this really cool experience. We met a couple of neighbors. It created a service opportunity for my family and a couple of boys within the neighborhood to help this kind of shut-in neighbor. My son invited a, a buddy to church in the neighborhood, and he and his mom have since been baptized. And then it came to me, and it was... I had felt this prompting, I think, to share something on social media. And so I said, you know what, I feel like I should probably do this, but I'm really, I really, really don't want to. Um, I, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> I, I kind of consider myself a bit of a convert. I, I grew I was born in the church, but wasn't raised in the church. And so my whole network back east where I'm from, Midwest, they don't know anything about the church, and they know me as just, you know, I'm just a guy. I'm just one of them. So for me, in my mind, to come out and start sharing about the Savior and the church and the Book of Mormon and all this stuff, it gives me a lot of, like, I'm really reticent to do it because I don't want to be that guy. In my mind, I'm, like, ruining any chance that they would ever have of joining the, the church because I'm, like, they'll see me as a zealot, right? So which is all fear. But... I, I asked myself then the question, why do I care about what they think? I never talk to these people anymore. And who do I, whose opinion do I really care about? Is it Ohio people or is it Savior? So I, had, I went through, to borrow President Evanson's phrase for the day, I went through this wrestle with the Lord in coming to terms with who and what was really important to me. And I came to the conclusion that I didn't care. I didn't care what people thought of me um, back there as it related to the gospel. I cared what the Lord thought of me, thought of me. not to sound self-righteous, but I really got to that point. And so I started posting. And my first one was biblical, and it was very even-keeled, and I got some people from, uh, yeah, I didn't lose any friends. Uh, and then the George Floyd thing happened last summer, which was, you know, a, a big deal. President Nelson came out with a post that was beautifully written, and so I posted that. And I have a lot of friends from the Midwest who are African-American, and they reached out to me, and like, hey, man, no, I should, not a lot, but a couple reached out and said, hey, man, that's kind of cool. Who is this guy? Whatever. So the first time I'm sure they'd ever read the words of a prophet. And then <clears throat> President Evanson has this conversation with these three wonderful, wonderful men from our stake uh, about their feelings and thoughts on the George Floyd incident, and I posted that. And I got more responses from some of these same friends or some, some friend, friend, some, from some friends back east. And I ask you the question, if I would not have gone through the process early 
to overcome my fears and just start posting a little bit, would I have had the courage to post when it maybe mattered a little bit more? Where it ultimately had a much greater reach? Where people who would have been more likely or when people were more likely to read a post that I, that I, that I made? Well, <clears throat> so that was a good experience. And then I start really going crazy with it. You know, I'm posting quotes from Elder Bednar and I did the give thanks thing. Um, and would I, I even wonder if I would have done give thanks were it not for what I went through in April of the previous, you know, several previous months. I don't know that I would have had the courage. I might have blown it off and not follow the prophet, which is not what I want to do. And there's more and I continue. So my message is very simple or my challenge to you is very simple because I know you all are going through the same thing that I still, even though I've done this, I still have fear. I'm still reticent to do it. But my challenge is for you to consider or have that same conversation with yourself. Who, whose opinion do you care about? Who are you trying to impress? And maybe go through that process. I have found in my own process that I have a better understanding of my identity, of who I am, of what is important to me, of what's not important to me, and I feel more whole as a saint. I feel more closely aligned with the Lord, all just through just silly social media. But it forced me to have this honest conversation about the kind of man that I want to be. And I testify that if you can engage in social media in a way that you're comfortable, in a way where you're sharing the light of Christ, uh, within your sphere of influence and learning how to work in this new mode of cement, I promise that the Lord will bless you, that the Spirit will guide you, and you'll feel closer and more whole as a saint and as a man or woman. In Jesus' name, amen. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. It is just so good to be with you, and I hope you... Uh, feel of the excitement we have for this effort. Um, the scripture that for me best captures what we are trying to do is in section 45 of the Doctrine and Covenants, where the Lord is talking about the reason he gave us the new and everlasting covenant. So the covenants, our covenants of baptism and our temple covenants and the oath and covenant of the priesthood. And he says in verse 9 that he sent us the new and everlasting covenant to be a standard for my people, which we all understand, standard we live by is our covenants but it's also to be a light to the world so that the gentiles can seek to it and it will be a messenger before my face to prepare the way for the lord and that is what we have this incredible opportunity to do through these powerful social media platforms is to let our covenants be a light to the world so that it can prepare the way of the lord and if you are like anyone else <laughs> you probably are not thrilled to go post the prophet's message all over social media. You have some concerns in one level or another. Maybe you are um, just not thrilled about social media at all. Maybe you have had some bad experiences. Maybe when you open up Facebook, all you see is people fighting with one another, and it has turned you off to the whole enterprise. Maybe um, you are overwhelmed by the complexity and just the volume of all these platforms and how they interact with one another. Or maybe you share President Swanson's uh, fear of putting yourself out there as a member of the church, of posting this gospel-related content and what will people think. Or maybe it's all of the above. 
Um, and I just want to acknowledge that those are, those are concerns that we all have. And you should not feel unrighteous or unfaithful if you have those concerns. But let me share with you just a few thoughts, um, bits of counsel, uh, impressions that we have had that may help you as you work through this. The first is that these platforms exist, whether we like it or not. And you may choose to not have anything to do with them, but they are there, and our children, and their friends, and our communities, and everyone else is living on this, these platforms and sucking in the content. We don't have any control over that. What we have control over is whether the gospel message, the restored message of the restoration, whether that will be on these platforms, whether it will be part of the content available to our children and friends and neighbors. That's what we have control over. Uh, the second thing is that our 80 and 90 year old prophet and apostles are all in on social media. They are active. They are on there all the time. If you are on social media, follow them. They are awesome. Um, I get more um, I get more messages from the prophet and apostles through social media than general conference because they post, you know, a few times in between their general conference talks. And I can't tell you how often I just, you know, pull up my, thi my thing and wherever it is, read a message from a prophet on a given day and how much that lightens up my day. It's on a regular basis. Uh, we don't have to wait every six months to hear what's on their minds. And not only are they active on social media, but they are very directly and clearly inviting us to participate in the gathering of Israel through these platforms. They have said over and over again that the, these platforms are given to us by Heavenly Father. They're not created by Satan. They're given to us by our Heavenly Father to help gather Israel. Satan has harnessed them for sure to do much of his work, but they are, they are there so that we can use them to help gather Israel. Third point. Um, if you have been on your Facebook feed and felt like it is all bad, you have control over it and can make it good. It's all a function of what you follow, what you interact with, what you view. Um, that is what dictates the content of your feed. So you, you've heard of this woman, Marie Kondo, who has the theory of, you know, get rid of everything in your life that doesn't spark joy. You're supposed to go through your house and throw out clothes and books and boxes. Get rid of all of it. Unless it sparks joy, you shouldn't have it. Um, do that to your social media feed. Go through and unfollow and unlike and unfriend and un unsubscribe from anything that shows up in your feed that doesn't bring you joy, that's not uplifting, that doesn't bring you closer to the Savior. Get rid of it. And what will be left is uplifting messages, whether it's gospel-related or community-related or whatever, it will be good and wholesome. And the more you interact with that stuff, the power of these algorithms will give you more and more of what you like, of what you interact with. So interact with that stuff, like it, and it will keep sending you good. Um, fourth out of five. I'm not, I don't have ten. So fourth out of five um, bits of counsel is the importance of President Swanson's message of this wrestle we have when we go to post something gospel-related on our feed. I've had that same experience. I was less afraid of my high school friends than I was of the, you know, um, atheists I went to law school with and work with. Um, 
I thought that you know, they would think I was a weirdo and I'd get excluded from alumni groups and blackballed at work. It hasn't happened. And you, I have been shocked at the good people who I went to law school with and who I work with who have liked my gospel-related posts. Um, and it will, as you go through this process, as you wrestle with this really hard thing, it will affect, not, it will not only engage you in the gathering of Israel, but it will be a life-changing part of your conversion to go through this process of whose opinion do I value? Um, is it the Lord's or is it these people who I'm worried you know, will think less of me? And then the last reason to do this, to become engaged, is that it's working. And it has been awesome these last couple months to watch um, all of the responses to these ads we've been running and to the uh, posts that we've been, the, we've been posting to be shared. We had one post, the one with Elder Tiari that uh, President Swanson mentioned, that reached 200,000 people all over the world. This one of the surfer down in uh, Doheny, who is a service missionary who works in the temple, actually. Um, such a good kid. Um, that, um, that's gone far and wide. And just in the last 24 hours, I'm an administrator on the Facebook page, so I see the messages that come in. And I just, I don't monitor them closely, but I just notice them once in a while. In the last 24 hours, two women have responded to ads about the Relief Society saying they want to join our church. I don't know if they will. They still, you know, we haven't told them about the Word of Wisdom yet um, or tithing. Um, but they responded to the ads and they want to join the church because it is, it is a light to the world. People recognize it and they feel it on their social media feeds that are full of contention and chaos and just terribleness. An ad pops up that says, do you want peace in your life through the oldest um, women's Christian organization in the world? And they want it. And so it is working. And we're just getting started. And so our challenge and invitation to each one of you in whatever sphere of influence you have, in whatever platforms you're on, in whatever ways you feel inspired, um, like, follow, subscribe these platforms and share the content. Share it in whatever way feels normal and natural to you, in whatever way you feel is inspired, but share it. Because the church can have all this inspired and amazing content. The, um, Sister Reynolds and Sister Harrison's teams can put all this great stuff up there on the stake page. But unless you and I are sharing it with our friends and neighbors and colleagues, it's just going to sit there. Um, so it's up to you and me to get it out there, to promote it, and to proclaim it. And I bear testimony that as we do this, it will change us. It will, it will help us better consecrate ourselves. And it will help flood the earth with the, the message of the restoration in a way that will touch hearts and bring people to the church. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.